You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. It's Fire Friday, which means Nada Edwards is in the house. Walker yep, Mayo yep. alongside with you. Doug Branson decided to take it easy today, so no Doug today. Enough fire for both of us to talk about. And Nada, there's a ton of content. Got All the content, and we got a limited amount of time. Like We got orders, folks. Exit interviews, they went, They all happened yesterday. We talked a little bit about Kimball Walker and the comments that he had in his exit yes. interviews. Maybe touched on a couple of other guys, but we've got not in here. We'll get his takes. We'll get to some of the Mitch Kupchak comments that he had in his press conference today. And again, touch on some of the other comments from the other role players. But also, the Charlotte Observer editorial board put out an article today that got y'all mad. Boy, y'all are mad. No, I was big mad. I'm not even going to lie. I was big mad. <laughs> I was big mad for a while. And then, you know what? You know what you did, Pod Dad? You calmed me down, <laughs> yes. and then you read the read the article in, in its entirety, and then I was like, you know what? This is actually kind of funny. It's kind of oh, sad, and oh, I was lazy, too. Oh, Hornets Twitter not happy with the masked writers of the Charlotte Observer editorial board. And I can understand why. It's a loud headline. Time to let Kimba go, Charlotte. I get that. I guess the headline verbatim is let Kimball Walker go, Char- or let Kimba go, Charlotte. That's yes. the big headline, and you click on it, and the whole premise of it is to let him go. And I want to get into a couple of article or a couple of paragraphs from the article. So you look at this thing, and I I laugh the first three paragraphs I read. It's why don't get mad at this thing, Hornets fans. Don't get so furious with it that you lose your mind over it. It's not worth it. No, they did this for clicks. Like, let's let's be like real straightforward about this. They did this for clicks. They did this to get you mad, and I'm mad, more mad right now that it worked. Well, it worked on you because again, we all, everybody that does a podcast, everybody that writes a damn article, we all do it for clicks. We do it for exposure. You do it because you want people to read it. Man, I do it for the love. I don't know what you're talking about. You you retweet your Cherokee Parks article. It's good, and you want most. You want everybody that possibly can to read it. Like the Charlotte Observer, they're going to put it out there for a ton of clicks because that's exactly what everybody puts content out for. It's so it can get as much exposure. What I'm saying is, don't get angry at this because it's kind of funny when you read the first three articles. I'm kind of laughing at them. Here's the thing. So I want to read the first few paragraphs that they have. Okay. We write sparingly about sports in our opinion corner of the Charlotte Observer. When we do, it's usually when professional teams intersect with public policy, such as when we suggested the city of Charlotte not give the Charlotte Knights so much money to move uptown, and when we cautioned the city not to open the vault for Carolina Pan- for the Carolina Panthers. And, hmm, maybe there's a pattern here. Okay, hilarious to me already. No, 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 no. Can we start with this? Like, we rarely do this. Then why open that door? And then you're going to you're gonna be like, I'm always right. I am this. I am the arbiter. I'm the moral arbiter. Yeah, so when we write, when we write about sports, we hate sports. And Doug was talking about this when we came in. That's when we write about them. When we write about them, it's to it's to bleep on them right like yeah. we you know screw these through screw these things that's going on in charlotte you know I, I just don't get the hmm maybe there's a pattern here yes you are right about everything you write about let's continue the second one is but we have sports fans on the editorial board big big sports fans big sports fans in fact like 
We've got the sportsiest of fans. Now, trust me, we have the sportsiest of fans, the fans on our editorial board. It's the sportsiest of fans that you could ever dream of. We have big sports fans. So when we write, we have the sports fans enough to be credible. That that line already makes me laugh. Yeah. I, hilarious immediately as soon as you read the second paragraph. Like, the thing is, I guess, when I when I read it again and you read it back to me, I was like, you know, this guy sounds like someone at Quail Hollow Basically, ordering a mint julep and banging away at the keyboard, uh, banging away at his keyboard at the bar, and then someone comes up to him like, "Not now, I'm, I'm writing, I'm writing this angry editorial." Oh wait, I work here, sir. So, so no names put to this. It it seems like I, I might be ignorant to what a overall editorial board article is, but it sounds it, like a bad group project. It, it seems like a group project. You know, they they have a couple of sports fans, as they just mentioned, where a couple people put some ideas together and they come out with this piece that nobody puts their name to, and so nobody is going to individually take any heat, but collectively they're going to take some heat. But it's all anonymous, so take that for what it's worth as well. And so it, it's just. Like, or cowardly, because, if, you, if if you're like me. Sure. And I don't really have that big of a disagreement with the headline here, Nato, right? Like, I understand why people don't want Kemba Walker to leave. I'm completely sympathetic with the fact that fans don't want the only draft pick that worked out in the rebirth of the Charlotte Hornets. I'm sympathetic to the fact that they don't want Kemba Walker to leave. I get all of that. I think it is the best decision. I think it is the right decision. But the reason that this article is is kind of ridiculous to me is because they're saying a bunch of things that just don't make a lot of sense, that they take themselves so seriously here's some reasons why this article is going to make sense like they're trying to prove their credibility within the first two paragraphs and it just is a whole bunch of nonsense to me so i don't think we should give them the credibility like everybody is scorching mad on twitter about yeah i, I, I yeah i might have stoked those fires <laughs> not of course of course not is going to stir something up on twitter because that's something that's so brand new to us and just real quickly continuing to read on here i, I want to mention one more thing the, the other paragraph that makes me laugh it's the first three right this is not a sports argument although there's a case to be made that it's better for the hornets to let walker sign somewhere else in free agency this summer rather than pay him more than any other team which owner michael jordan can do so that he stays this is a human argument how special players should get the opportunity to find something truly special someplace else. This is a sports argument. This is absolutely hey, a sports what argument. What are you doing? I, what, uh, you just talked about how you've got the biggest sports fans, so if it's not a sports argument, then why would you need the sports fans to – it just – don't get mad at this. Like, why are we mad at this? This whole thing is ridiculous to me. Like, And you know what? It goes back into the – I just thought, now thought about this. That paragraph right there is the epitome of a group project, and this guy just put his paragraph together at the last minute like, oh, this is due. Let me go put this in right now, and oh, yeah, it's not a sports argument, but wait, um, oh, no, it is a, it's a human argument, and we'll make that argument, and okay, it's late. I need to put this in anyway. I'm not going to edit. The thing is, Nada, we can talk, we've talked a lot this entire year because it was Kimba's year where free agents, free agency was coming up. And we had to figure out what the Charlotte Hornets were going to do. I thought at the beginning of the season, it made sense with a veteran-laden roster with multiple years on their contracts. Yes. This, they're not expiring deals here. So they might be more tradable. Maybe. They're still not valuable. But they might be more tradable that there's only one year left. But they had veterans on this roster, full of them, 
that had multiple years left on their deal and they had one more year left of Kemba Walker. You want to go for the playoffs? Okay. Like If you would have wanted to trade Kemba Walker, there was some things that made sense to that because now you run the very big risk of losing him without any compensation. And you can't just look at this in hindsight and say, fine, I don't care. At least we got that. Like, okay, that's fine. We got some good memories of Kemba. That matters. But there's an argument to be made to trade him. They decided not to, so we made that bed and we laid in it. And I'm cool with that. It was comfortable. Watching Kimba Walker go for some records, some franchise records this year was cool. They wanted to try to make the playoffs. Fine. But they didn't. Yeah. And I don't know how you change the roster with Kimba Walker coming back to a big boy contract that could be a Supermax contract if he makes All-NBA team. Because you're going to have to find a way to trade with somebody yes. this season or wait another year and do we want to wait another year with Kimba Walker being in his prime no you don't I, it, it you don't I, that's why I don't completely disagree with the headline it's just really like that this whole article to me has just kind of made me laugh more than anything no I, I guess the th- reason and I tweeted this out to to the guys that released it or the editor of the editorial sure. board but the reason I guess I got so upset is I have friends that work for the observer they get labeled with every name under the book because they happen to be different and they get called their their coverage gets called lazy they get called names for no reason just for being them this they this is what happens when you release something like that people get labeled with a broad brush and now you've essentially justified it with this article by putting a bunch of people together that didn't put their name on it and so I don't even care if it's really all that anonymous. What what I'm saying is it just doesn't see it I don't see much value in it and and having this make everybody go crazy. Look, you know, Hornets fans, you know, Doug brought this up before we hopped on here. You know, Hornets fans are sensitive right now. I I'll raise my hand. Like, look, I got in the fields watching Kimba Walker's potential last game in the Spectrum Center. Like I'm there's certain sentiment that's involved here. You know, you you mention all the time, Nada, getting those memories is important, and I do agree with you. Now the thing is, like you saw me at that last game, I left at halftime because I knew how this was going to end, and I decided to spend the last half of that basketball game at my parents' house with my dad watching with, watching it with him, who happens to be possibly the biggest Kemba Walker fan on the planet. Yeah. I did that because I wanted that memory of Kemba Walker with my dad watching it with my dad because I can hold on to that for the rest of my life. I do not regret that decision at all. I am more of the mind now that it is a very sensitive thing. And it's it's kind of like you know a divorce is coming. You know that finality is going to hit you. And at some point it's going to end and then there's nothing and you just have memories and that's it. And I just think we're at the point where I'm completely with you, Nada. I think, look, the people that try to throw the the sentiment away and the the true meaning of sport away and, and just the good feelings, you know, I get that there's a business to be run here. I understand all of that. I do think that it was good to get the franchise record for Kimba to try to go over the postseason. You know, we had one more year left on his deal. Let's try to go after it. If you wanted to trade him, fine. You know, I'm I'm kind of the, the worst sport radio talk host ever and not taking a side on that I would have seen both sides and actually been okay with either side now I'm taking a side that I do think it's time to move on from Kimba it is time because I don't know what to do to change the roster significantly enough where the Hornets are actually competing in a first round series enough to get to the second round because there's not enough you can do if you give Kimba a max or a super max contract to me Here's the question I would ask you, and I would ask every Hornet fan listening to this right now. What makes you think 
it's the Hornets' decision. This is Kemba's decision. And, and that's fine. And if Kemba decides to walk, that's absolutely fine. If he wants to come back for the Supermax, it becomes the Hornets' decision. The Hornets have a right to say, you know what? I think it is best for both of us to part here. You know, if Kimba wants to come back and he wants to come back badly, then, you know, I understand that that would put the city and the organization in a bad place because Kimba wants to come back as a big star to a small market. That would be tough to swallow as a fan if your team turned you down and Kimba wanted to come back. I would get that. I also would argue that probably for the future, it makes more sense if both parties just decided to part ways. And and I couldn't agree more. All right. Well, it's the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Appreciate you joining us as we always do. Are you in your car a lot? Driving to work, driving the kids around if you have a smart device in your car, and more and more of you do now. Tell your smart device to play Locked On Hornets. Don't fumble around with your phone and Bluetooth. Just say play Locked On Hornets and make drive time LOH time. We've got plenty of Mitch Cupcheck comments and a couple of other inter- exit interview comments coming up here on the pod. It's LOH Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked on Hornets. To start this off, we all know about LeBron and how he built a school and it got a lot of fanfare. By the time 2019 closes, Bismack Biombo is planning to have six schools. Take that, LeBron. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Mitch Kupchak had his press conference today after the regular season pretty quickly. And in the comments, Nada seems to be jumping around quite a bit. Doesn't seem to have a whole lot of information because he hasn't, as he stated in the press conference, hasn't talked with ownership in great detail, hasn't talked with Kimball Walker or his agent in great detail. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of this are just kind of takes that other hosts just like you and I are kind of throwing out there around about all of the all of the different options that they have. He's hey, basically just stating all of the options that they have. We ain't like these other dudes, though. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, we ain't like these other dudes. Don't put up – again, respect yourself enough to not put yourself with the rest of the slappies, okay? Thank you very much. Let me tell you one thing real quickly just about the setup of the studio. As a lot of listeners have grown to know over the last couple of weeks, I've had a, a – a really tough time getting used to this studio. It's an adjustment period. Just even physically, not mentally, because I'm fine in the mental space that I'm in being in being here. But physically, I've hit every. I've hit my hand on the computer screen. I mm-hmm. hit it on the mic. I'm mm-hmm. having the worst time ever with this microphone. And as yet you can here tell. I am. I'm just floating like a butterfly, singing like a bee. You I can't. Are, I can't are, help it. You are quite. You are quite agile. I'm yes. not going to lie. You're not hitting anything right now. Doug and I do owe some money to the jar, in which I think we were supposed to pay a quarter or something like that. Exactly. I probably owe five dollars just in the time that I've been in here. Yeah. For, for shame. For shame. <laughs> it's been right a rough now. go of it. And again, speaking of owing money, I mean. You got Jeremy Lamb that they that theoretically the Hornets could owe money to, Frank Kaminsky that you could owe money to, and Mitch is like, whoa, 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 we might not have that kind of money right now. We on a, a budget. We on the uh, family dollar budget right now. That's an excellent segue, and while Doug doesn't do his job well sometimes, you have done both of our jobs well here by being the host and running everything today. So we do have Mitch Kupchak comments. Thank you for getting to Jeremy Lamb and Kimba Walker. Kimba Walker Mitch Kupchak comments on, he says he understands the urgency that they share in winning now because we talked about Kimba's comments yesterday. Winning is still the top priority, even more so than money, even though he is going to get paid in a big amount. 
winning is still the top priority for him. And Jeremy Lamb, he says basically it's playing time. Doesn't really care if he starts or sits. He just likes the playing time. So mm-hmm. it, he doesn't care about the starter. He just want to hoop, man. He just wants to hoop. And so both of those guys coming back, to me, we, we've talked about whether it makes sense or not, but just discussing on what Mitch Kupchak will do based on his comments, I don't know, Nada, because he seems to be all over the place in that he understands that this is a, a team, he and Michael Jordan, they don't want to be stuck in mediocrity. They yeah. They want to win, and they want to win sooner rather than later. They also said that my, Mitch Kupchak said they're going to do everything they can to keep Kimba Walker here in Charlotte. So he says that, but then he says they don't want to be stuck in mediocrity. He was asked if they had ever thought about trading him before, and he says, well, I wouldn't put it that way, which is weird, yeah. but... But he said, yeah, you exhaust all of your opportunities. You think about every single scenario that would possibly rear its head. And trading Kemba Walker, he said there was a lot of inquiries on whether they were going to let Kemba Walker go via trade. And so Mitch Kupchak talks a whole lot about what they're going to do with Kemba. And to be honest with you, Nada, I don't know if we learned a whole lot. No, we. I think we did. I think it's just in the manner that he said stuff. Yes, he was all over the place, but I think that he was setting up a framework to where – He's going to say, we don't have the money to sign Kemba Walker when he leaves. We don't have the money to sign a Jeremy Lamb when he leaves. He's also setting up the framework to where if where the Hornets are probably going to qualify Frank Kamensky. But what's going to end up happening is someone's going to offer that dude a two-year, three-year deal. And so let's talk a little bit about the other role players and what yes. Mitch Kupchak spoke on. You know, one is Malik Monk. We've talked a lot about him. He is your 11th overall selection from a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. It's important that he gets better, and he just hasn't a whole lot. Uh, I, I think maybe there was a, a mini growth at the end of the season, but it's been such a roller coaster year for Malik, being in and out of the rotation. You know, I still watch him solely watching Malik Monk defensively. Not a, there are still times the dude is just completely lost. He has no clue what he's doing. There, there's it's so there's easy. slight improvement though. Uh, I, I thought so. I thought at the beginning, maybe not even the beginning, I thought at the middle of the year, I thought there was a consistent improvement on the defensive end. And maybe this speaks to James Borrego needing to just stick it out with him more. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I did think that in the middle of the season, I thought there was some improvements. And then here lately, you watch him, the dude gets lost in just a couple screens. He has no clue what to do if you set a couple screens on him. And one thing that Mitch Kupchak addressed is that they need to beef him up. He needs to be yeah. in the weight room. And I don't think there's any denying that. Malik Monk is a pole out there. He needs to get stronger. And I think that would help him because defensively, he's been a liability because he doesn't know where to go. Yes, and does. physically, I don't think it's effort, Nada. I think, I, I think he wants to be in the right spot. I think he exudes the effort. It's just physically and mentally he doesn't know what he's doing. Exactly. He's like his puppy, Bear. Bear is one. (laughs) Again, he's a puppy out there. And I think Mitch Kupchak has realized that because there were a lot of these comments that he made about Malik Monk where he's like, I understand there's there's a youth and there's a mentality thing with him that we're going to suffer through. And I'm paraphrasing badly here, but that's that's the gist of what I got from about Malik Monk. They're going to be a lot more patient with him. They're on your side of the ledger when it comes to you and Doug on whether they're going to get rid of him or they're going to keep him. Now, granted, 
there's probably a scenario where they're going to be like, okay, we can get this guy. And or, there should be. And, yeah, exactly. And while we're on the same ledger, as you said, there should be. You know, you can't just blindly pay him and, and play him, I should say, as well. You can't blindly just throw him out there on the court. But I, I do think this is what Mitch Kupchak said, right? Malik mm-hmm. is still a developing young player, and I thought he ended the season with great progress. I wouldn't say great, but there was some development maybe in some areas. Anyways, he continues and says, a season that was clearly up and down, got the quick hook a few times that, after making that, a mistake or two. That caught my eye. Yeah. That part right there caught my eye because if there was anything they were always talking about, and that another thing that they brought up, him, uh, again, Mitch brought up today, Borrego brought up yesterday, and that's something that really stuck out to me is that Mitch thought that Malik should have gotten a little bit more patience, and that's probably going to be a sticking point with him and JB going forward, possibly, with young guys. And and you look at JB, he also he had a couple comments on the first-year head coach. He said on his first season, I think he did a great job. I really do. He's a smart guy. He works hard. He's responsible. He really cares about the job he has to do. And he also commented on the synergy between himself, JB, and MJ. I've always felt you hire a coach and you let him coach. And that was all according to Brendan Marks. He was tweeting that out, who was at the press conference for Mitch Kupchak. I, I like I like the idea of Mitch Kupchak letting James Borrego go at it. I think that's what a good general manager should do. I'm not saying that if things get to a huge problem that maybe he shouldn't throw ideas there. But basically, you know, if James Borrego isn't doing something correctly, then you might move on from the coach. But you let him have full responsibility and full authority over everything that's happening. And not a, I like that approach. I The first comment, I think, was just fluff. Of course, yeah. you're not going to bash your head coach after his first season. I don't think it was a great year. I think there's a lot lot of things you could point to that were probably is where I would probably point that out 100% and so Mitch Kupchak saying that he had a great year I wouldn't agree with that I think that was all fluff I do like that he's allowing Borrego to go about this himself and not trying to micromanage everything I do agree with I do agree with him not micromanaging because unfortunately with this franchise you have the specter of MJ and no matter what happens if the front office doesn't like it MJ's getting blamed no matter what. And Mitch could have micromanaged and didn't and then thrown it uh, thrown the owner under the bus because, unfortunately, Jordan has no credibility. The fact that he didn't shows a lot of patience and a little bit of comfort in the role, something that I'm not sure Rich Cho had when he was here. That matters a lot when it comes to developing a culture, developing a franchise. The other thing about Mitch, and he talked about it, and I think it was probably the most underrated part of of what he said today was about Greensboro yeah, and the praise for Greensboro because if we're really going to be happy or excited about anything, this team has a real development system going forward, and that matters so much because of the raw prospects that are going to be here if they keep the 12th through 14th pick in the draft. That's the biggest amount of evidence that you have if you believe in James Borrego. You know, that's something that you can say, look. Or the organization at large. Sure. And sure. And and maybe and maybe that's true. I just think Borrego, what I really liked was that Borrego kept in constant contact with a Dwayne Bacon who mm-hmm. is not their guy. You know, that was a pick by the Rich Cho administration. It might be the parting gift, which would be a nice one, but that was not their guy. Also, Devontae Graham, we saw him improve mm-hmm. quite a bit, even though the efficiency, of course, you just expect that to go up as he continues to play basketball in the NBA. But I, I do think that you saw him get real minutes, and that's going to be beneficial. And I think over the last month, Miles Bridges did develop. I, I, I no, think exactly. I that's... think there was a, a large baseline for him for most of the season where he was good, maybe outplayed my expectations, but – 
it's not like he was phenomenal. I really think he showed you, Mike, man, there's something here a lot more than even I thought in the last month or so. It makes you wonder about the draft profile going forward because a lot of the time in previous years, it would be this guy has a certain skill set that we know we can develop around. Now, when we're talking about guys that they're going to bring in and develop, they're looking strictly for athletes. They're like, okay, we can get athletes. We can teach the rest. We can teach you how to think. We can teach you how to play. We can teach you to put you in the right positions. But if you don't have that that, that athletic ability, we're I'm not sure where we can put you. And I think if that if that's the focus going forward, that's a change from the Rich Cho era and the Steve Clifford era because those guys were not about teaching the game at all. They were like, you have to have basketball iq we can work with the rest all right let's talk about wise cam wise is the indoor camera that does it all and is packed with premium features that allow you to see everything from anywhere for only twenty dollars wise has 1080p full hd images so clear that you won't miss a thing it's got night vision two-way audio it's got it all wise's mission is to bring amazing smart home products accessible to everyone you can check on your home anytime with wise's app live stream connect with life as it unfolds in sharp focus and you can live stream with eight times the digital zoom Wise also has free-rolling 14-day cloud storage, as well as no subscriptions. Nothing is too small for WiseCam to watch. Put one of these cameras in front of the TV. Again, you can always turn it onto Fox Sports Southeast before you head out. It's really going to come in handy when the Hornets are in the Summer League. And not I know that you saw this comment by Dwayne Bacon. They nicknamed themselves Kimba Walker and the Avengers. If Kimba Walker's gone, then maybe you can watch Summer League and just watch the Avengers win their Summer League championship. Also, like Dwayne Bacon, guaranteed that they would win. Banners, baby. You won't miss one minute of action, and also Arnoldus Koboka will be back. We know how much Koboka is going to be a big pillar for the future. Can't get enough of Koboka. It works with your mobile phone from anywhere, and again, you can get free rolling 14-day cloud storage. Go to wise.com slash Hornets wise.com slash locked on hornets to get the guaranteed lowest price. Got some more comments to speak on next. It's LOH on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. I'm a fantastic Googler. I'm bad at logging in. If they were to do sort of a scouting report of of me and my ability to use the internet. Todd, 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 Todd. Yeah. Excellent Googler. Not a very good guy that's logging in. Very good at interrupting the host anytime he's trying to go on a rant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Please listen carefully. Thanks for joining us here once again on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Again, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Also, remember to get the show every day. You can subscribe to Locked On Hornets on the new Himalaya podcast app. And in every expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlist and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On Hornets. So with this third segment, what I would like to do is I would like to get your fire takes. It's been, I feel like it's been pretty fiery at the beginning. I thought that was somewhat fiery, right? I got more chance. I told, it's like I told Doug before we got in here. 
I got a whole round of bullets in the chamber. All right. I want to unleash them. Let's I want, go. I want this to be Wu-Tang in this. All right. So here we go. Let's go down the rapid fire. I'm just going to ask you about players in their exit interview comments. I will repeat them for you. And then you give me your take on them. Does that sound good? Yeah, let's go. All let's right. Do it. Sounds good. Uh, Marvin Williams. Marvin Williams said he will opt into his contract. Nada, I was surprised to see you on Twitter say you were surprised to see that he was going to opt in. Seemed like a no-brainer to me. Explain your tweet. I will explain my tweet in this manner because a guy like Marvin would like to pick his situation. Why are we all assuming that the draft pick or whatever draft pick comes in here or undrafted free agent that comes in here is necessarily not going to usurp Marvin by January or February and then Marvin's without a position and then he does not get to pick where he goes. I would think a veteran like that would like to sign the contract, know that he's at least staying for that particular year and possibly go out, go out and win. MKG values happiness over money. That's what he said, at least in his exit interview yesterday. Do we buy in? Not a how legitimate is that statement? I buy in a lot. That's I, the one I buy into as well. I, I do believe he means that. I believe he wants to play. I believe he wants to prove himself. I, I believe that he wants to shed whatever bust label he has. And I also think that if him and Kemba are boys, and I believe they are still, He's gone. Like, as soon as Kemba leaves, wow. he's gone too. And that's he's fiery. going to opt out. Yeah, that's so fiery. I love this segment. Uh, Tony Parker said it's about 50-50 whether he comes back. He doesn't want to be a part of a rebuilding team. Wants to be a part of a contender. That's certainly no surprise. If you're the Charlotte Hornets, do you want Tony Parker back? And do you think there's any shot that he actually does come back? When, when Tony Parker said... He was 50-50 and coming back. He was lying about the 50% about coming back. <laughs> he ain't coming back. Like 50, That 50-50 statement was 50-50 bullshit, if we're really honest about it. So, therefore, he's not coming back. He doesn't want to, again, he doesn't want to come here to lose. And this is what this team is going to do. This team is coming here, showing up to develop and possibly win 20, 25 games, maybe even 30, if they mess around and do this too wrongly. Like look, that's They're not here for the winning all right, let's go to another Cupcheck comment. He said, there's no question the defense needs to improve, particularly at the rim. Cupcheck knows Zeller isn't a rim protector, quote unquote, but they were hurt by his absence. Uh, let's break that in two parts, Nada. Mm -hmm. One, let's go with, do you agree that they need a rim protector dramatically? Yes, I do, and I believe that's probably their number one target in the draft. They're going to get a big. Either it's going to be Hachimura, if he's there, at where whether it's 12 to 14 and we don't know yet as of this recording we'll find out later today or like a brandon clark you mean like brandon clark Gonzaga. jackson jackson hayes jackson hayes man i i don't think he's going to be there anymore but that would be somebody and look we'll we'll cram We'll do the cram thing where we start to look at some players. And I've watched a lot of college basketball. Oh, it's too basketball, late, baby. But... I already started. <laughs> well, I hear you. And so we'll talk a little bit about the prospects going forward. But Jackson Hayes, man, he looks athletic and looks like he could fit that role, run rim to rim. That would be fun. Exactly. And that's the guy I would probably target him. Maybe even a Tyler Hero because of guys like Kevin Herter that showed up. Did test the waters today, right? Yeah, exactly. He tested the waters today. A guy like that, Tyler Hero, a Kevin Herter type where if you've watched any of the Hawks games, Kevin Hurd has been really good. And guess who warned you about that? No, Kevin Hurd has be been good. No, he has been good, and you did like Kevin Herter. You liked Kevin Herter quite a bit, and so he has been very good. Let's do the second part of that comment about what does this mean for Cody Zeller if they do decide to go after a big, somebody that's 6'10 or above the shot blocker. What does that mean for Cody? You can't rely on him. He's, he's unreliable. And it also – I think what happens with Zeller is also – like again it's also very dependent on what they do at biz we know like billy's the only big that i'm sure is going to be in a hornet's uniform next year 
After that, I'm not sure. Biz could be traded because it's a $16, $17 million expiring, and someone's going to want that kind of money going into next year, thinking that they're going to zag instead of zig like everybody else did this offseason. You just can't rely on Cody Zeller to play more than 30 games at this point. No, and and somebody that we value his ability, but I agree. You have to make sure that that you have enough front court depth, and they got hurt when Cody Zeller went out. They were destroyed on the interior, and I don't think you can have that happen anymore. All right, that was Fire Friday. Not Edwards, everybody. Mm-hmm. fantastic show as always thanks for listening to locked on hornets here on the locked on podcast network you can follow us on twitter and instagram at locked on hornets remember to catch all of us on twitter i'm on twitter at walker mail doug doug branson loh and catch nada on twitter at nada the scribe subscribe to us on apple podcast stitcher overcast himalaya wherever you get your podcast just search locked on hornets we'll talk about this weekend on the other side of it we'll join you back on a monday <laughs>